Welcome back to another episode of the Kitmen Podcast. My name is Rohan. I know um, you're probably glad to hear my voice after Garrett's terrible <laughs> intro last time. Um, but no, Gar- I'm also joined today by Garrett and James. How how are y'all today? I'm good. Um, I just want to make sure to let the listeners know to drop a five star rating. Uh, it really helps us out. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know Rohan was on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah two 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 wrong hands. Right wow. right hand and wrong hand. Oh god. <laughs> there it is. There it is. No, well, we do have a very exciting episode for you guys today. Um we're going to be talking about Chelsea, how they look under Lampard, who the hell is going to come in for them uh this this summer? Who who are they targeting? Could it be Nagelsmann? We'll get into that. We're also going to discuss the huge Liverpool Arsenal game. I don't know about you guys, but I enjoyed that game through and through um then we're going to kind of shift over to var another inaccuracy um an issue uh, an apology has been issued to brighton for what would have been a missed penalty possibly changing the course of the game changing the course of the top four race changing the course of the top seven race then we're going to preview city arsenal so let's get into it gareth what were your what, what, what are your takeaways so far from the one game they've played under lampard chelsea um, I didn't watch the actual game, so I don't have too much. I've only seen highlights. To be honest, I, it just made me think two things. It was this Lampard thing, just purely vibes. I mean, I think that's basically what it was, to be honest, anyway. But is it just purely vibes to try and get over to the end of the season? And secondly, how much of Chelsea's issues are a player problem and how much of them are were just the manager, Graham Potter? Because... Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting Lampard to come in and get Chelsea playing amazing football because I don't think he's a great manager. But Agreed. equally, the fact that it looked just as drab, there wasn't any up- uptick really, um, suggests to me that maybe it wasn't all Potter. And I mean, I think we know there are squad problems anyway, but perhaps, um, perhaps Potter could have been uh, given a bit more, a bit more time, a bit more leeway, and actually, you know. I know they've spent a lot of money, but it's more about they need to. They still need to fill certain key positions. They don't have a Absolutely. proper defensive midfielder. Goalkeeper's an issue. They don't have a proper striker either. Those are the three that I would say. And those are three you know, key positions. Number six is arguably the most important position in a team in the modern game. Strikers, obviously, Chelsea lack goals. That's what you, you know. So a new striker is, is needed. And Kepa's done all right, to be fair to him. Uh, and Mendy isn't a bad keeper, but I think that's another one we we see with uh, other teams. When you get a, a new goalkeeper, it really can change how good you are. You saw it with Arsenal, for example, bringing in Ramsdale, who I don't think was even amazing last year, but no. he improved yeah. us so much. So yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I it, it did question for me why wouldn't you go and get a manager, give him the end of this season to figure out what he needs, go and do that in the summer, and then. You're, you're flying because otherwise if you bring someone in in july he hasn't got the as much time to figure all that stuff out so a question there for me um but i guess it's only one game so i won't read too much into lampard james your thoughts two very boring teams uh settled the score by an incredible goal from Matez nunez fair good assessment the, the, what else to say it's just say that is what happened save our walls that was that. That was the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to Garrett's point, I yeah, I think they did let Potter go a little bit too early. But 
I mean, now that you've let him go, a new manager is going to come in. Some of the players that have been bought this past January were players Potter specifically wanted. They haven't really touched the field yet. And now they're going to either fail in a new system or they're going to be shipped off again. And you're probably losing money on this transfer. So it just kind of begs the question, what is the board doing as well as the players? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't put very much of this blame on Graham Potter. I would put a majority of it on, you know, the board and the players. The players never looked like they were very into the system. And yeah. then you have reports from The Athletic coming out that they were calling Graham Potter Harry Potter behind his back. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, how much of it is a manager problem? Yeah, um, I mean, I, th- I think if the manager can't get the, the team on, on side, then there is a problem there, whether he should be held fully responsible, whether the players need to be more professional. I guess we don't really know. Um, like they could... If the players just don't do not respect the manager, that's an issue that can't really be fixed. Um, and you can't get rid of all the players, so you kind of have to get rid of the manager. But yeah, I uh, James. I mean, the only way that the, the only way the players were gonna respect Graham Potter was if he started winning stuff. And that mm. didn't look like that was happening anytime soon. Yeah. But I, I fully get it's it is more of a board problem. Like they've not given like the time he's had is it's been poor. But it's been very slim. You know, they paid what was it, twenty million for him off Brighton? Yeah, which is you've got to like, you've got to realize when you bring in a new manager and then who who signs four or five, six new first new first team players, it so rarely works straight away. It, when 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 Real Madrid bought so is it Kaka, Benzema, Ronaldo, mm. Arbeloa, it didn't work instantly. When Liverpool bought all those players from the Suarez money didn't work instantly when Tottenham bought those players with the bail money didn't work instantly yeah sometimes you got to give these people time I do wonder if Graham Potter's a weird one because he's not like this dude who's managed a big club before so it it might be something he was happy to let go maybe he just wasn't comfortable yeah I don't think he was the right fit regardless so yeah I I think like them getting rid of him even though you know I think if you were going to do it like you, I, th- I, I could have told you that in January that I don't think it was the right fit. Um, obviously, you want to give him time, and I understand why they wouldn't have sacked him then. But I think they could have sacked him then, and I think if you're gonna sack him now, you might as well go and get the guy that's going to be there next season. It doesn't make much sense to me to sack him and then go and get Lampard because yeah. I think it, if you've given Potter this much time and you're going to waste the end of the season anyway. Why not just waste it with the guy that's actually been with the players? And, you know, who knows? He could have done something in the Champions League. And not saying that Lampard can't, but yeah. I think I think bringing Lampard is kind of to restore a little bit of supporter faith within the club. Yeah. He's a legend. They, they're a lot of... I'm not a fan of what he did with his time at Chelsea, but he did kind of introduce a lot of the younger players and a lot of Chelsea mm. fans do love him for his time uh, in a man, managerial role at Chelsea. So... So I guess I bring Lampard in would be to kind of get the supporters off their back, but it doesn't change the fact they're still playing shit ball. So you, you got to remember as well with those young players, he was forced to bring those players in because of that transfer ban they had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when that transfer ban was over, he brings in like Havertz and Werner. Yeah. To be fair, he didn't bring them in. Uh, the club brought those players in, um, Havertz, Werner and all that. He, I think, wanted to maintain a bit more of like a more natural feel. But um, 
Yeah. And like as well, I think like you have to you have to credit him with like uh he had Mason Mount, Reese James, Tammy Abraham, um, and he could have benched them for other players. Like he had other players in the squad, so he still gave them the chances and benched yeah, them into still the squad. Well. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah. Um so but ultimately, yeah, if he had had the money, would he have done that in the first place? I think he, he may have done with Mason Mount. Um and I think Reese James, it was after a little bit, it was very obvious how good he was. I don't know if he would have persisted with Tammy Abraham as much, but you know, Tommy Tommy Tuchel when he came in just got rid of Abraham anyway. So yeah, true. Who's okay, if that would have been the right choice or not. Anyway, well, who comes in this summer? Who 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 do you think I mean, fits Chelsea best, and who do you think? I mean, there's there's come? I think there's like two that are really like front runners right now, and that's Julian Nagelsmann, which seems the likely one, and Luis Enrique. Um, I mean, realistically, I mean, it's Chelsea. They can, they they can actually bring in whoever they want. Like, they're not one of these clubs that have like a ceiling on who they can bring. They can bring in pretty much any manager, I think. Um, one that was also interesting was Marcelo Gallardo, yeah. who's really successful at River Plate and is one of South America's best coaches, if not the best. He's not been in job for a while now, and he was heavily linked to Barcelona. Mm. Um, it's, he's been looking for this these jobs in Europe, so I'd like to see him given a chance. Of a Chelsea aren't it's a really big jump. Yeah. Chelsea aren't really in the spot to give someone a chance. They need guaranteed progress. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I like I like Gallardo from what I've seen of him, and obviously uh, he's worked previously with Enzo. So yes, you know, would that is is that the best um, way to get the best out of Enzo? Uh, potentially, I do think uh, Luis Enrique would do great work with Enzo, and I can't imagine Nagelsmann wouldn't either as well. So I think they'll work for him. So I don't think you need to go and get Gallardo just to make sure this massive signing you've done pays off. I yeah. think he'll be. I mean, he's been one of Chelsea's best players since he's come in, if not their best player. Uh, one of the few actually looks <laughs> to be playing well. Um, so yeah, I th- I don't think you need to go and do that with Gallardo, and I don't think it's the right move for him or Chelsea. Not saying that it wouldn't work, but just more of a risk than the other two. I would personally, I obviously as an Arsenal fan, I, I want them to go and get like uh, you know some terrible manager and be terrible. But from a more uh, objective, neutral point of view, it, I would like to see Luis Enrique. I'd like to see him in the Premier League with a top team. I'd like to see his vision backed, and I think Bowley would be willing to do that. Um, so yeah, that's what I would like to see. Um, I think both him and Nagelsmann would be great options though. I would like to see Enrique as well, but I think you run into the same problem as Graham Potter, where you're trying to implement the style. You don't have the players for it because the current squad cannot play that. What the, the style some, some of the players I think could like Enzo specifically really could. Enzo could. Sterling, for example, is used to playing that more possession-based style. But he's not good at he's 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 not he's past that now. Like he's not good in that system anymore. I mean, that's the reason I, I don't know that he wasn't I, used. I don't know. I'm I th- I think he would be I think he'd be good for it personally. Um, yeah, I think the defenders. You know, someone like a Fafana could be uh, could excel in in that. With it, with an Enrique coming in with him, someone like Badia Shile, for example, I'm less convinced by. Uh, I think Reese James would be fine, but then Reece someone James. like um, Kulabali, I'm really not convinced by. Yeah, well, Kulabali yeah. would die. Yeah, this is the thing. The thing is with Kulabali, it's weird. Um, at Napoli, like he he had some like great long balls, 
um, really good with his weaker foot. But since he's got to Chelsea, he had one game where he was like no pinging it around and it was great. And I was like, okay, well, you know, he can do it in the Prem. And it's just not been the same outside of that one game. Um, it's had a couple of decent performances, but for the most part, it's not really worked. But maybe that's one they look to move on anyway. But yeah, again, with, with Enrique you would need a number six. You need a goalkeeper who's capable of playing out from the back. Maybe you go and get like a David Raya. He obviously knows him from Spain. I thought you um, say David De Gea then. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> he could get, I forget the, the guy's name now, but he plays for uh, Real Sociedad defensive midfielder. Uh, Zubi Mendy, is that it? Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. Anyway, the guy, the guy at Real Sociedad, I think would be a really good fit for like a, a Luis Enrique. And then, I think ultimately another reason I like him is with Nkunku coming in next season. Uh, not that Nagelsmann wouldn't be good as well with, with Nkunku, but I think he could play a nice false nine role for an Enrique team. So I think there are some players there that, that could really suit him. But yeah, it is a problem where you probably need a year to transition and hope he gets top four in that yeah. year with that team, which in the uh, league that's do. this competitive very, very difficult. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think they get top four. You run into the same problems as Graham Potter does. As Graham Potter did run into. So I, I don't think Enrique would be the right. It'd be the right fit if, they, if they're if they willing to have the patience and build with a manager. I mean, mm. you look at Arteta's project. They built with the manager and mm. you know, they're first. That right is guy. that is what Todd Bowley wanted to do. I think he just realized that Potter wasn't the right guy. One one more thing I will say about Enrique is I don't think he did a good job for Spain. I know they no, got to the didn't. semifinals of the Euros, but I wasn't really that impressed with them at that tournament. I thought Pedri did just amazing things. Um, and the World Cup, I really thought they were really poor. Um, They're a very strange team, though. Outside of that as well, just just quickly, James. Yeah. Outside of that, the win percentage and stuff wasn't exactly great either. So, Yeah, I, I just think that Spain team, though, was like distinctly average. Like, There's no incredible goalkeeper, no incredible goal scorer. The wide Rodri was playing centre-back. Yeah, Rodri playing centre-back. Yeah. The, like, there's... Obviously, you've got your Rodri and your Pedri and your Gavi. And you've got just a some lot great of... players, but it, it's a lot of that. Like, so many midfielders without really... Back yeah. when Spain were great and you had, like, the dynamic players, um <laughs> with, like, uh, Villa and and Torres, for example. And then you had, like, these great wing-backs with either Albo or Captavia at left-back. Yeah. Um, like, There's you no had killer. these other things. Yeah, whereas... Obviously, they've got uh, Balde coming through, and Alba is still good. He's just not as good as he was. Um, and they do, but like he had wide players like who are really good. He refused to use them, and that's something that would potentially worry me. But again, I still think what he's done previously as well was fantastic. So I, I think the upside of of um, Luis Enrique is really, really great, and probably the best option. The safer bet is probably Nagelsmann. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's move on to Arsenal-Liverpool on the weekend. And oh my gosh, perfect. Arsenal fan and a Liverpool fan. So let's get, James, your reactions first. Are you happy? Are you? Is it a bittersweet moment? Because you definitely, in my opinion, should have come away with three points. Or are you just like relieved that, oh my God, you know what? We got a point. Like that's better than I expected. Um. So a couple of hours like after the game, I was like, oh, I'm a bit annoyed you're not one, but couple of days after I'm kind of just I'm, I'm I'm happy with a point you know first half Liverpool were terrible mm. um Arsenal but just played us off the park but like the weird thing is both of Arsenal's goals kind of came out of nothing not in the sense that they didn't deserve it but like the way it happened like it was very slow mm. then all of a sudden they're in our face goal like the first one 
I think I think I think Arsenal have a goal kick. It goes out to Ben White. Saka just drops deep in front of Robertson, and all of a sudden he just runs straight at our defence. Gets a bit fortunate with the Van Dijk interception to Martinelli. It's a goal. Pass like, right. Pass that. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful pass. Get get the pass percentage up. Um, but like this is just Liverpool's problem all over. Saka runs, and all of a sudden it's a four three four versus three in Arsenal's favour, and our midfield cannot track at all. <laughs> And it's just the simple goal for them. And the second goal's relatively similar in the fact that it starts from nothing and all of a sudden goes to Martinelli. Cross. It's a fantastic cross for Martinelli because neither Van Dyke nor Robertson know who's marking Jesus. Like it's brilliant. It's in that perfect spot. Mm. And Jesus heads it in 2 0. It's looking like game over. Um, and then there's that Xhaka incident. But. I know Gareth's saying it's not riled up the crowd, but I timed this just before this podcast. So the Shaka incident happens in the 39th minute and 40th second. The goal happens only one minute and 26 seconds later. No, it yeah. riled up the crowd for sure. No, no, I it think... didn't. It didn't. No, no, it... I don't think there was enough time for it to rile up the crowd fully. Yeah, like exactly. to a point where I don't think there's, you could say the goal, right? You could say the goal started it, but I think you could also say the Shaka incident started it. Like there's not enough time to like, differentiate say, I, what I don't think you can say the Xhaka thing did because if you actually go back and watch it the crowd's silent after after that happens like they're not making noise the the goal just comes out of like general normal play it's nothing to do with that it's such a I think it's it's all come from like Gary Neville starting this thing waffling on about it all game and then people just thought it was true you go back and watch it it's not the case I think things which did rile up the crowd more is like our diving like Jesus oh did a couple God, yes. of dives that, and th- those yeah, were like really getting Anfield annoyed but like even like just after like the incidents happened like as the refs giving the cards like it's basically silent all you can hear is um arsenal fans singing Xhaka's name it it did nothing effectively no, i mean i think it's i think people saying that it's either just oh we're taking neville's word for it or it's just like you just i it's just come it's this narrative that's come from online because anyone actually watching that you go back and watch the actual thing this whole thing about the crowd it wasn't that moment that did that. There were other things, and ultimately, I think uh, where the crowd really got into it was actually deeper into the second half. Because even after the goal and stuff, Anfield wasn't actually rocking. It was just before half time, and then the incident with the ref happens. I think was another thing. But then ultimately, I think what what really got the crowd into it was when we sat back, allowed Liverpool more of the ball, allowed them to get chances. I think that's what really did it. Basically, the Jack think... incident was. And I'm not. I'm not even thinking. Oh, this is open for opinion. It it made virtually no difference. And it. I don't think just... there was enough. There was just not not enough time. Garrett. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, the goal happens Garrett. literally um... straight after. Literally in between the Shaka push or whatever on Trent and the goal. About one minute of it is the referee talking to Shaka and Trent. I yeah. I think. <laughs> well, Gary Neville's first of all an idiot, but I think it yeah, woke yeah. up yeah. the players. The because you see the players swarm there and the players are like yeah. yeah. The All right, maybe, like, come yeah. on, come on, like l- let's go. Yeah, and then it could have the given them a bit of a boost for sure. Yeah, and then the goal, and then you can kind of feel coming in from halftime, Liverpool are going very direct, and then the crowd kind of buys into it. So, yeah, did it rile up the crowd? I mean, I guess you could say that the same way, like Harambe dying caused it. COVID, but like, <laughs> like it, it's like Wait. such a like stretch. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. That, that's a that's a great thing. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, 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 like that's the thing. Like those incidents, it's not that like it made 
zero difference, but it's that like there were so many little incidents yeah. around that time after our second goal, before their goal, where the diving Liverpool... pissed me off though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of like I could see it like working to frustrate the Liverpool players, um, as well and and the fans, um, and ultimately I think. Oh, I say working, whether that's something you actually want to do is something to be considered. I think if Liverpool don't get that goal before half time, I think all those tricks do work because I think yes. Liverpool go in at half time demoralized, whereas them mm-hmm. getting that goal, it really allowed them to go I in agree. and be like, look, actually, we just go at them now. We've got nothing to lose because we're already losing. So if we go 3 1 down, okay, then it's game over. Fair enough. But I think for me, the thing that really disappointed me more than anything was when we did, it wasn't even conceding that goal because sometimes they just happen. I think that goal just kind of happens. It's, you know, a relatively nothing chance when they're going down the right, our right side. Um, they they get the ball into the box and it just falls for Salah and it's unfortunate. Ultimately. Salah's on his toes and I think it was Zinchenko wasn't, but that's like, uh, Gab- I Gabriel's think Gabriel's the guy who tried to make Gabriel is it. I know. think, so my issue with Zinchenko at City was that he can't defend one-on-one and mm. I mean, I'll give you Sal is one of the best in the world, one of the best uh, wingers in the world. But you could see he was not trying to take Salah one on one. So when he was forced to come inside, I think that's what caused the goal, right? Because he was playing, he was playing very tight to. Are you talking about the second goal? Or... Um, was the second goal the Salah goal? No, the first goal. Yeah, the but first it, goal. It was yeah. Gab- it was he, Gabriel he... in that moment. I'm yeah, yeah, sure but he Zinchenko was tight. Was. He, but it was Zinchenko who was tight to, um, whoever the whoever the left center back is. Gabriel, right? Yeah, he was really tight inside, and then he just didn't see Salah because he's not trying okay. to defend Salah one on one. So he didn't like track him. So like Gabriel, yeah. left him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that, I wasn't sure I where noticed. Zinchenko was. Yeah, no, he do, he definitely has a weakness in terms of his defending. Like I saw people going really overboard with it because he is like he he does have moments where he can do really well with it, but um. It's one of these things where he's, I think every player is a system player. So when you say someone's a system player, people mm-hmm. go, oh, no, he's not, he's not a system player. Most players are, um, ultimately. But he he especially like is someone that like he's really, really crucial for us in possession. Where I don't really want to see him is pinned back by a winger. And I think as soon as that started happening, I probably would have brought Jimmy. off either Xhaka or just brought um, and then put Zinchenko into midfield. Or just switch, switched uh, Tierney for Zinchenko. I think that would have like potentially, you know, won us the game. Uh, something like that. Not that Tierney is this incredible player, but he just knows how to do Better that role. Defender. And when he just sits and defends, he's really, really good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only problem with Tierney is when he goes up and then he gets caught out of position. So yeah, I think ultimately we sh- we didn't uh, utilize how bad Liverpool's midfield is in that second half because we effectively took the midfield battle out of it by just sitting back and allowing them to have the ball at times. And we did have chances as well. Like uh, Gabriel could have scored that header. There's that moment where Saka spins the two defenders, could have set something up. And then there was also obviously the one after 2-2 where uh, Marcelli needs to put the ball through in a better way. Like we had chances where we could have done some stuff. And then we had other counterattacks that didn't lead to anything as well. Um, so we could have done something, but I gotta say, and, and the, just quickly, those tactics could have worked, but it was one of those where it didn't work, and yeah. I gotta say, I think Gabriel Martinelli papered over a four out of ten performance with a goal and an assist. Like he was That's kind, right. in in my opinion, he was kind of fortunate that he got that goal and assist because otherwise, I don't think he beat a man once. I think I think Arteta should. 
I think Arteta should have taken him out and put Trossard in way earlier, like in the 60th minute. I think we were calling out for Trossard, which was weird because Arsenal fans criticised that substitution. I think by that point, Jesus had got a bit tired, um, but potentially he could have done that or done that and moved Martinelli to striker or something like that, um, where he can just be a bit more like direct and play on the counter. But... I, I, would, I would have taken Martinelli straight off. I, I don't think he had a good game. Like regardless of the goal, goal and assists. Like I think, I think part of that is just the fact that we were defending a lot, wasn't it? No, like... I mean, e- even when he broke forward, he was inefficient with his counters. He lost the ball on the counters. He didn't yeah. hold the ball up well to for help. I mean, Jesus. I thought Jesus had a great game, in my opinion. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he Jesus did. played really well playing in the wingers, and then Martinelli would just lose the ball. He couldn't hold it up. He couldn't. He couldn't beat his man. He couldn't drive through. I mean. I, I think honestly Van Dyke was the worst defender for Liverpool um this game, which is I, I was pleasantly supp- su- surprised by Trent's performance. Yeah. I don't know. Second, like, Trent second was good going forward, but he was constantly out of position. I all I really remember from Martinelli was like um like him get it driving through and like Trent never being there. And whenever he did come up against Trent, he seemed to go he seemed to go past him. At least, that was mainly first half i remember like in the first minute he absolutely skinned trent happened mm-hmm. again and then he did it again for, well he didn't skin him but he you know got that cross in for the for the jesus goal as well but then second half i don't really remember marcelli doing much apart from like pressing so perhaps but i thought he was really good first half um but yeah and but I, I, yeah I, I saw people like praising trent defensively he did nothing uh, i thought defensively he was good oh really i i no i don't know yeah. i didn't really notice much uh, not not that position. he did anything like, not that he like made a tackle, but like the fact that he wasn't causing wasn't error, there causing strength. Yeah. Like you could see the, the game plan was if Martinelli's driving, let Kanate deal with it, and then you be the option because yeah, he the never thing. came. I think, think Kanate is the one that did the work basically. Yeah. Kanate had a great game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, can I say with Trent? I haven't got a real real problem with Trent's um, impact on Arsenal's second goal because I think he's just trying to play an offside trap. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think people made too much of that because that's what they do with Trent, isn't it? But yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I don't think he was like absolutely. Uh, but I think that that one thing with that is Trent does try and do that a lot, and then it's a communication issue where it doesn't quite work out. Oh, Liverpool's offside trap is horrendous. It yeah, used to yeah. Be Robertson so has good. the same issue. It's terrible well. now. Yeah, I do. I do want to touch on something before we move on. I think this game kind of highlighted the difference between Thomas Partey and Rodri. Oh, I yeah. think 100%. If, if you have Rodri, Rodri kills any moment. Yeah. That guy, yeah. you don't even need center backs when Rodri has the ball. You just need two wood planks where he can do one twos <laughs> and just take every like momentum swing out of the game. Because mm. Partey, for me, ghosted for a good 30 minutes in the second half. Oh, he was half. awful, man. I didn't even realize he was on the field. Um, he was... He was so bad. He he had a couple of moments where he put in a tackle or something. And people were like, "Oh, amazing for Partey." Yeah, he was he was he was so bad, especially on the ball. He was trying like these killer passes, and I was just like, "Mate, just it, we, you're supposed to like hold it, play it alongside, so that we, we can get out our box and you know kill yeah. the the momentum of the game a bit." But yeah, he was just. Uh, but but I mean, so it goes irrational. back to that conversation that we had. What do you value more, an aggressive like attack minded? player or someone who cares about a slow build up who will kill any momentum but can't really defend um, yeah i think i think I, I don't even think it's what, what do you value i think rodri is so much better um yeah like there are certain moments like and certain things that Partey's better at but yeah i, th- I just if, if i had a choice there's not any day 
even if it's like a game that suits Partey more, I'd be like, I'd still rather have Rodri just like just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about Brighton. Brighton Tottenham. What are, what are your thoughts on that, James? Uh, quickly, I just um, oh yeah, go for it. Need to just shout yeah, out to that yeah. Ramsdale save. Oh yes, I can't believe oh, I yeah. forgot that. Oh my god. Yeah. The penalty XG and everything. Five there was, and you there's a lot two? in that. Yeah. Like, there was that, a lot in that game. Off the deflection. I, I'm not too like. I don't really care about the Canate one because the second one like, isn't that amazing. Yeah, it's literally straight at him. It's center of the goal. Yeah. It's a good dive. He does well to it's, get that. Like people but, hyped but, it because of what happened just before it. Yeah, the first one's light years ahead. So much better. Like incredible, was, and like the camera angle was perfect, so you could yeah. see it like curling yeah, 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 in, yeah. and then, oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I, th- I think um, as well. Though, just to touch on it quickly. There's so many things in that match, like the penalty, blah blah. blah. We won't go into all of it, but I, uh, like it's one of those where like I feel like um, Arsenal feel lucky coming out of that with a draw. Oh, but at the same yeah. time. Like could have we so, won that. We we're so close to winning, and we did have chances um, in that second half where we could have killed the game. We just didn't take them. So it was one of those like after the game, I was I was being really reactionary. I was like, Arteta has absolutely bottled it. But actually, as much as I don't think he got everything right, which if you don't win a game, you're not going to get everything. Obviously, um, I don't think got everything right. Like I thought, like some of our fans, myself included, like in the like hour or so after the match, where I was just fuming. Just um, I think. Club. Yeah, people just got like a bit reactionary. And actually, I think like Liverpool did really well towards the end of that second half, but like penalty and Nunes chance aside, um, which both went our way, uh, granted, like we also had chances and equally could have won it. So it's one that I think was skewed. The the narrative of it was skewed by those chances in the last minute and stuff. But ultimately, I think 2-2 was probably the fair, well, was definitely the fair result. Do we want to talk about Tottenham Brighton or do we want to talk about Arsenal City? I think we can do Arsenal City closer to the time. Sorry? We can do Arsenal City closer to the time when it's actually going to happen. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. talk about this Tottenham bottle bottle job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I, I, I was well, watching the referee bottle like, job. Yeah, it's not like, Tottenham bottling. Yeah, it's not Tottenham <laughs> bottling. It's not Tottenham bottling. But, I mean, I, I'm watching the game and I'm like, okay, penalty. I'm shocked that was not a given. I mean, well, what are y'all's thoughts on it? It's actually, it's actually criminal that like they can be in a job and have like no like repercussion from like decisions that bad. And it was just the amount of decisions as well. Not all of them, I think, were absolutely oh that's an awful call. But there there are still debatable ones that they went against Brighton, so they add on to that tally. But like the the goal disallowed for handball and that penalty on Mitima, like Mitima, yeah. those are just like atrocious calls and. I don't really know how professionals, supposedly professionals, in those roles are making those calls. It's it's genuinely disgraceful. Um, and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the referees really didn't cover themselves in glory with uh, the linesman elbowing Robertson either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't hit a player. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> It, mate, it's just, get fired? It's just Barkley. Have, have we heard if he's fired now? Is he still uh, he's, employed? He's been suspended. I no, he's been like suspended for a multiple amount of games, or at least until oh. like it's all sorted or something like that. I can't remember. Slapped out the wrist. That's what they do with police yeah. officers who shoot people that they're not supposed to. Also, <laughs> yeah, so stupid. Just fire them. Um, 
Okay. Or lock, or in that case, lock them up. Or lock them yeah. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I agree. Do lock the referees up. Um, uh, the, no, they're shocking decisions, aren't they? And uh, Matoma, like the, that that handball. I believe the law is like if it's like shirt. on the shirt. It's... Yeah. Oh no, I I was talking about the one, um, the Brighton shot where it like deflects off the guy. Oh, like, McAllister. Yeah, it's like in. It's like. It, yeah, it's not a handball. At, at least I forgot, like, I forgot least... about that one with Mitomer as well. That's another. I feel one like I feel like the McAllister one. At least there's like some sort of logic to it. At least like it hasn't McAllister. hit his arm. Like I, 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 I'm willing to let that one slide. But the other, the the foul and the one mm. where it's hit him on the shirt. No way. No, mm. no, no, no way. I don't remember the McAllister one, but the Matoma one for me. Yeah, right. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. If it's above the the sleeve. Yeah. Literally the sleeve. Yeah. 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 And it's so clearly above the sleeve. Okay, but what does this mean for Brighton in the in the in the race for Europe? This well, like they would have been above Tottenham, I believe, yeah. right? Um, so they would have been in a Champions League race, whereas now they're you know really struggling for that, which is like really unfortunate for them because they've had a great season, that win. And at that point, I think they're probably playing better football than Tottenham. Well, they're definitely playing better football than Tottenham, but arguably the Man United as well. And there would have been a point off Tottenham with, with with two games in hand. Yeah, yeah. There you go then. Um, but that's the thing. Like, I think they eat, they eat well. They certainly would have been in the in the top four race, and I think they potentially could have actually made it as well. Whereas now, you know, they're going to be struggling for Europa League. I mean, this helps Tottenham massively. Mm. They're struggling for good performances. They're struggling for for points at times. I mean, yeah. they got a free kind of... three points there basically. Free three, yeah. which is huge with eight games left in the season. Yeah. I feel like Tottenham lose every week and Brighton win every week, yet Tottenham are above Brighton. <laughs> I don't think that's the craziest take I've heard in my life. I feel like Tottenham <laughs> the either biggest draw conspiracy or theory. Lose. When was the last time, realistically, Tottenham won a, won a game before this? I'm, I gen, Genuinely, I don't <laughs> I know. know. I couldn't tell you. I, could I, can't, tell. I can't go off the top of my head because it just <laughs> feels like they lose every time. Yeah, or like draw a bottle of, a bottle of 1-0 lead away at Everton. EPL what, what goal though? What goal? That was a great goal. To be oh, fair. it was three games ago. They won. Who did they beat? I don't know. No idea. They drew to Everton. They drew to I, Southampton. Oh, they beat Nottingham Forest. My bad. I can recall them beating Chris, uh, beating Crystal Palace at Salhurst Park like a few months ago. That's it. A few months ago. <laughs> That's the only top of the game I can recall them winning. Oh, they beat City. I remember them beating City. Yeah. 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 Liverpool aren't involved in that, so I don't really remember that. No, that's fair. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, huge implications, and the referees are just kind of allowed to make these mistakes, issue an apology, and I think what at Villa are only in the Premier League because of an error off the off the goal line, right? And mm. there was no repercussions for that. That is mad to think about. Yeah. What ripple effect that is? Yeah, that's the only reason Villa are still in the Premier League. They would have been relegated. Yeah, did it? Sheffield United. Have they been up since then, or did they go down since then? No, oh, they haven't gone no. down since then. They went Have down they? once, and then okay. back up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I thought they they went down the next season, but I maybe I've just um confused myself there. But yeah, no, there's like that. That's like that was like awful because like that really should have probably like replayed the game or something. But then like, yeah, yeah it's a weird one. And and their apology was terrible too. It was I remember their apology because I was like, there's no way that's an apology. It was basically. This is the first time it has happened in like fifty three thousand like times we have been used. Like the, the margin for error is so so small. It was just like a one off thing. I'm like, yeah, but this is 
concerning like people's salaries, like for yeah. entire clubs, yeah. fan bases. Ha Sheffield haven't come back since. Uh, no, it was, so, no, right? no, it was Bournemouth who went down because of it. Sheffield oh, sorry, yeah, Bournemouth. Bournemouth went down because of it. Yeah, yeah. Matt, well, they deserved it to be fair. City would have gotten Ake, so. Yeah, now Matt. he's arguably one of your best defenders. Well, he is he's one of your so best good. defenders. Yeah, so it's been amazing this year. Wild how it works. Um, but yeah, no, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. Be sure to fo follow five stars, everything, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.